The following broadcast is released under a Creative Commons license. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. I believe He lived and died, and that He rose again. I believe and trust in Him. Ascended into hell, Christ our living head will one day come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe and trust in Him. I will trust in my Redeemer, sing of His love. That lasts forever Know His hope And sure salvation I will trust in Him Though the world Falls around me I rest And know That He has found me Christ the rock Is my Welcome all to Pastor Yeshua. You've been listening to Creed by Richard Jensen from his album, Order of Service. By way of introduction, Pastor is an acrostic which stands for Preaching All Salvation Through One Redeemer. Our Redeemer, Yeshua, Jesus, is the Hebrew name for the Lord. It means Yahweh, the Lord, is salvation. Translated from Hebrew into the Greek language, the name Yeshua becomes Jesus. The English transliteration for Jesus is Jesus. This program deals with apologetics, questions on and about God, the Bible, and the Christian faith. I take questions and seek by Scripture to give answers and encouragement for everyone, including the tough-minded living in today's skeptical society. And now, let's join Pastor Yeshua. Welcome back to Pastor Yeshua. Also, welcome back to the ongoing evaluation of the He Gets Us series. In this episode, we have three more videos from the makers of He Gets Us. Now, at this point, it could be that we have some people who are new to the whole issue of this marketing campaign. You may be asking or thinking to yourself, what in the world is He Gets Us all about? Maybe you've seen one or two of the videos during some commercial and you think, well, hey, this is pretty nice uh, seeing these messages about Jesus on television. After all, uh, what's wrong with advocating that people should behave like Jesus? What could go wrong with trying to be just like God? And nothing can go wrong. Oh no, it all went wrong. Well, here's the issue. We need to be very careful about accepting and embracing anything 
and everything portrayed about Jesus without first carefully examining whether, in fact, it is Jesus. In the Bible, Jesus himself warns us multiple times, specifically saying, quote, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many, unquote. So, the necessity of evaluating and accepting Jesus truthfully and factually should be no different than evaluating and accepting a $100 bill as genuine. In both cases, we should be inspecting what we intend to receive according to the benchmarks which verify its authenticity. My emotional feelings about Jesus are no more compelling to the truth of his identity than are my emotional feelings about a $100 bill and its authenticity. In both cases, the only resolution to distinguishing what is authentic from what is counterfeit is to examine what I'm looking at and to compare it to an established benchmark and characteristic of the genuine article. In the case of Jesus, I would have to examine the details provided in the Bible in its full context and compare them to whatever or whoever is claiming to be Jesus. This is in fact what we have been engaged in in this series for seven previous episodes. We have been taking the videos, articles, and statements by He Gets Us portraying Jesus, and we have been examining them with Berean discernment against what God's Word, the Bible, says in context about the person, nature, and character of Jesus. Now, here's what I suggest regarding knowing who Jesus is. Let's get away from opinion, consensus, and feelings. Feelings Nothing more than feelings Instead, let's consult God's Word regarding the person, nature, character, and attributes of Jesus in God's word, we are given the revelation that Jesus is God of very God. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity who voluntarily became a man in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. As God, Jesus is perfect holiness righteousness, justice, mercy, grace, and love. Jesus as God is 100% omniscient, omnipowerful, and omnipresent. As 100% man, Jesus is fully human. He was tempted in all ways, yet he is without sin. 
Jesus was the agent of creation, co-equal, co-eternal, and co-glorious with God the Father. Jesus was born of a virgin, ministered and lived the life in the flesh. He was crucified, he died, he rose again, and he ascended to the Father. Jesus paid 100% for all sin, past, present, and future, and imputes his completed righteousness to those who are his chosen elect. Jesus will return physically and bodily to the earth to raise all those who have died in Christ and to transform all those who still live and follow him as Lord to gather them together for all eternity in heaven. The problem is that thus far, examining the videos, articles, and statements provided by He Gets Us, what we learn is limited to this. Jesus was a really important role model who stands as an example of a good leader, a champion of social justice and community activism. Jesus is a person to be aspired to, emulated, and copied. In every instance, Jesus is consumed with undefined love, inclusion, and tolerance. I love you, you love me. We are now into a full year or more with an entire website, multiple videos, and pages of articles dedicated to focusing on Jesus. Yet, despite all the time and energy invested to date, He Gets Us has not once bothered to inform anyone that Jesus is God, that Jesus has other attributes like justice, righteousness, and holiness, which are equal to his love. But contrary to he gets us, Jesus' love is not undefined. While there are aspects of inclusion and tolerance included within his mercy, these attributes are balanced by his declaration and revelation in his word of what constitutes sin, separation, and rebellion. Ultimately, a correct understanding of God's attributes, as well as any rebellion against correctly defining God and or his word carries his judgment, wrath, and punishment against those who deny him as God and who remain in sin and rebellion. But today's a new day, and maybe this has only been a coincidence. Maybe today, he gets us, will set the record straight. So let's look and see what they have for us. The next video, which is just over a minute, is entitled, 
love your enemies. In this video, we are introduced to various still pictures depicting people violently yelling, screaming, and shouting at one another. The people are clearly enraged, out of control, and angry. In every instance, the person or persons pictured are about to fight, or in some cases are in the middle of a physical fight. The multiple fight scenes are scored with the song, I'm only human after all. The written description under the video reads as follows, quote, We see conflict all around us. We align ourselves on different sides of the fight in battles of politics, religion, justice, and too often we let that conflict morph from a dignified defense of something good into a dehumanizing attack on the people we don't agree with. It's tearing us apart. You're tearing me apart! What? But Jesus offered us an alternative as an example. And his solution wasn't to grow apathetic and avoid the conflict altogether. He showed us something else entirely, a third way. His response to the ever-increasing volume of hate and conflict was love. Not just any love, confounding, sacrificial, selfless love. You see, Jesus still stood up for what he believed in. He defended the defenseless, spoke up on behalf of the voiceless, even flipped a few tables. But in everything he did, he first moved with love toward the people he disagreed with. What if we tried to love our enemies the way Jesus loved his. How would it change the tenor of our conflicts and our conversations?" Unquote. Now, whether they realize it or not, the underlying assumption by He Gets Us in the description and the video is that Jesus was just another human with beliefs and opinions who chose to engage himself in various personal ideological discussions and arguments with other people with their personal opinions and ideologies. The only difference is that Jesus somehow argued and acted with, quote, confounding, sacrificial, selfless love, unquote, which of course eliminates hate, which we should all try to copy. First of all, as usual, it falls to me once again to remind he gets us that Jesus is God. Jesus, who is God, doesn't just quote, stand up for what he believes in, unquote. Jesus, who is God, declares what is truth, 
reality, meaning, morals, beauty, and significance. Jesus is the ultimate and final authority for everything. Secondly, Jesus as God came into the stream of human history as a man for a distinct purpose. His purpose was not to engage in ideological debates over humanistic social agenda issues such as politics, religion, or justice. Instead, Jesus' primary purpose was to serve as a propitiatory sacrifice for the sin of his chosen elect and to reconcile them to himself for all eternity. The entire focus of Jesus' life and ministry was a demonstration of his deity, his identity as Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. Every instruction, example, or commandment by Jesus to those around him was ultimately to live by faith in the knowledge of his deity as well as the understanding that if and when we do so, he will give us eternal life. What he gets us seems to forget is that the reason Jesus and his disciples did not participate in the kinds of behavior depicted in the video is because they already knew that the world was lost, dying, and captive to sin. Neither they nor Jesus had any illusions that they were going to institute any social or legislative behaviors or institutions which were going to create man-made heaven on earth. The ability to overcome and rise above was made possible not by emulating or copying Jesus, the ability to overcome and rise above was and is made possible by two main realities. One, whatever trials, affliction, persecution, suffering which we encounter here and now will be eclipsed by the joy unspeakable and reward for those who have placed their faith in Christ as Lord. Two, those in Christ need not worry about trying to punish or waste our time being angry or hating anyone based upon a mistreatment, be it real or imagined. The reason is that for those who persecute, mistreat, afflict, or harm those that are in Christ— Christ will pour out his eternal, perfect, and holy wrath upon those who reject Christ or who persecute his elect. Let's be clear. We are not Jesus. We cannot be Jesus. We are broken, sinful humans bent on having our own way and doing what is right in our own eyes. The miracle is when, by God's grace, 
He, by his sovereign will, calls us to repentance and through Jesus' finished work on the cross and imputes Jesus' righteousness to our account. He endows us with his Holy Spirit to be sanctified and to be conformed to Jesus' likeness. So it is not by emulation, acting, or copying. It is by God's power that we change. He gets us, asks the question, what if we tried to love our enemies the way Jesus loved his? How would it change the tenor of our conflicts and our conversations? Well, the answer depends on our definition of the reality of who Jesus is. If Jesus is God, and I have faith in that fact, then the Bible which declares this fact also declares that it is the same Jesus who is God who will give me the power and ability to love my enemies in the way that he did because he is living in me via the Holy Spirit. If I am merely trying to copy a mere man who tries to offer an example, well, that may marginally make things better, but then again, I could perhaps do just as well copying Barney the Purple Dinosaur, Mr. Rogers, Gandhi, or any other human who offers an example. If in the end, if Jesus isn't God, then why should I worry about what he did or didn't do any more than any other man? The next video is entitled, AI Love. This video is 1 minute and 34 seconds in length. In the video, the creators of He Gets Us admit that they decided to ask a computer artificial intelligence to provide pictures of what it interpreted as quote-unquote love. Computer? Hello, computer. How quaint. Initially, according to the uh, video description, the computer provided pictures which they believed were, quote, abstract, flowery, and fake, unquote. He gets us, then astutely concludes that the computer provides uh, unsatisfactory results because the computer was programmed with unsatisfactory information. Apparently, disappointed with the results, he gets us, then states that they provided text prompts to the AI computer with, quote, Jesus' own words describing love, unquote. Among the text prompts given to the AI computer are the following, quote, slash, imagine forgiving a friend who has betrayed you, unquote. Quote, slash, imagine spending time with prisoners, unquote. Quote, slash, imagine feeding the hungry, unquote. Quote, slash, imagine eating dinner with outcasts, unquote. 
quote, slash, imagine helping a neighbor in need, unquote. Quote, slash, imagine clothing the poor, unquote. And finally, quote, slash, imagine a man lays down his life for his friends, unquote. Well, despite the fact that each of the above text inputs resulted in rather generic, impressionistic artworks by unknown artists, he gets us states that they, quote, were floored by the results, unquote. I've fallen off my chair, bro. <laughs> well, okay. I suppose as the saying goes, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. However, I think truthfully, if we are honest, the reality is that the computer AI is simply identifying the key subject word in each phrase provided, such as, quote, friend, prisoner, hungry, dinner, neighbor, clothing, and life, unquote. The computer AI is then checking through its database file for each keyword and then randomly selecting digital copies of photographs which were previously filed with the same headings. The truth is that since all these text inputs are, quote, Jesus' own words describing love, unquote, I would be in a better position to be, quote, floored by the results, unquote, if the AI computer had actually provided at least one picture which could be identified or related to Jesus as being the author. The fact that the AI never does so begs the question as to where the breakdown occurs. We have to ask ourselves, does it the AI computer who doesn't know who Jesus is? Or is it he gets us? You decide. What we've got here is failure to communicate. After careful consideration on the matter, it is clear that the computer is not at fault here. He gets us is simply using rather sophomoric marketing to puppeteer an unsuspecting computer into providing imagery to move our emotions and an attempt to make us incorrectly believe that even a hot-rodded battery disguised as an AI understands what Jesus' message is. Well, he gets us may actually have a point because whatever the computer does or doesn't know, it is clear that he gets us needs to do better research. You ask, well, why say that? Well, for one reason, Jesus never said anything about, quote, forgiving a friend who has betrayed you, unquote. I can only assume and think that he gets us is perhaps thinking of friends abandoning Jesus because the fact is that the only person who is said to have, quote, unquote, betrayed Jesus was Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot hung himself, and Jesus states that Judas was quote-unquote lost and quote-unquote the son of perdition. Jesus' friends and disciples abandoned Jesus temporarily when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he forgave them later. But there is no record anywhere in the Bible of Jesus 
or any other disciples forgiving Judas Iscariot for his betrayal. The video ends with a sentence mid-screen reading, quote, Jesus' love was never artificial, unquote. Wow. I'm not sure if we're supposed to laugh here at a joke or marvel at he gets us for their inspired wisdom cloaked in a grade school punchline. Yeah, Jesus' love never was and never will be artificial. Guess why? If you guess that it's because Jesus is God and God is perfect, then congratulations, you were able to come to a conclusion that neither he gets us nor their computer AI has yet been able to come to. Uh, perhaps we can use the AI to attempt to communicate with he gets us. Let's try with the following text prompts, shall we? How about, quote, slash input, Jesus is God, unquote. Quote, slash input, I and the Father are one, unquote. Quote, slash input, no man cometh to the Father but by me, unquote. Or finally, quote, slash input, know Jesus via relationship and you will know love, unquote. Well, when all is said and done, I find myself asking, why he gets us is being somewhat disingenuous. Why is he gets us asking an overgrown transistor to tell them what love looks like? Then they go on to use, quote, Jesus' own words, unquote, to prompt the computer into giving them the information. I assume they went to the Bible to actually find, quote, Jesus' own words, unquote, or at least they tried to do it from memory. Why not just stick with the Bible and skip the AI's opinion? No, he gets us intent on being obtuse and abstract regarding the identity, character, and attributes of Jesus deferred to the ramblings of an electronic parrot dressed up as an AI. Once again, he gets us, elevates and isolates either undefined or redacted quote-unquote love as the sole attribute which Jesus is constrained and bound to against all other considerations. Simultaneously, they ignore or deny his equally perfect attributes of holiness, righteousness, and justice. Our final video for this episode is entitled, Be Childlike. To be completely honest, this may be the only video in which he gets us actually deserves a little credit.
Maybe it's due in part to the video only being 31 seconds. Or perhaps it's the fact that the video description only has uh, five sentences. It's difficult to find biblical fault with a video which is entirely composed of photographs and a brief video of various children hugging and helping one another. After all, who doesn't feel all warm and fuzzy watching cute children? But by far the greatest hat tip here is the sentence in the video description reading, quote, Jesus taught, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, unquote. Congratulations, he gets us, for finally having the courage to at long last mention the kingdom of heaven. I really have high hopes for He Gets Us, and I'm excited because if there are a few more dollars out there left in that $100 million budget, perhaps, just maybe, there's still time to add that in addition to heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun, and it behooves those who haven't done so to repent and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, not simply copy Him. You might ask, uh, are you saying that this video and the description have nothing which should be addressed? Nothing which needs biblical clarification? No. From a secular perspective, the video and its description are textbook examples of motivational, self-improvement, inspirational, be-your-best-self instruction. We are told by He Gets Us that regarding being childlike, quote, He, that is Jesus, lived it out, childlike in humility, compassion, and gentleness, unquote. He Gets Us asks, quote, what can we learn from His example today, unquote. Well, <laughs> To answer the question, it depends. If I isolate Jesus' examples and divorce them from his divinity, then Jesus is just a man. So, what authority does a man have to tell any of us what the criteria is for entering or being prohibited from entering the kingdom of heaven? I mean, who does Jesus think he is, God? At the risk of repeating myself again, this is the point. Jesus is God. Jesus, as God, did not come to provide an example. Jesus did not come to be a motivational speaker or a great leader. Jesus came to be a deliverer. Jesus is Messiah, Lord and Savior. While the video is well-intentioned and well-made, the message in company with the ongoing theme by He Gets Us reveals that He Gets Us is confused. You ask, how so? Well, 
time and time again, the clear message from he gets us is that we should all simply follow Jesus's human example. We should emulate and copy Jesus's behavior, and thus we will all be more like Jesus. But in truth, this is the fallacy of works-based religion. By way of historical review, Jesus, who is the agent of creation, created mankind, i.e. Adam and Eve, in his image, blessed them, and declared them to be very good. At this point, mankind did not need to copy, emulate, or imitate Jesus or God because we were fully covered by his grace through faith in his imputed likeness given at creation. Genesis chapter 3 makes it clear that the problem started when Satan suggested that we could be like God by knowing good and evil. In other words, Satan proposed that we stop trusting and having faith in what God imputed to us by his grace and replace that with attempting to copy, imitate, and emulate God's example. Once we fell for the lie, mankind has spent thousands of years attempting in vain to copy, imitate, and emulate God's example. In the end, as Paul the Apostle explains in Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, following examples, attempted compliance with God's law via our works, our merits, imitation, copying, emulation, etc., is intended to be our schoolmaster. They are all intended through eventual and repeated failure to teach us that the solution is to return to Christ. This is evidenced by Romans chapter 3, which declares that we have all failed and that there is none that does good. Our focus, then, is not earning God's favor. It is not copying Jesus' actions or behavior in order to be like him. Our focus is by God's grace and calling to confess our total inability to be like Jesus on our own. We confess that we are already failed and broken sinners, one and all, before a holy and righteous God. We must place 100% faith and trust in Jesus as the Christ, our Messiah, our Lord, and God. We must place 100% faith in the reality and truth that Jesus died for our sins and in exchange by faith, he gives us his completed and perfect righteousness. As a result, when God looks at us, if so be that we are in Christ by faith, then God sees his son Jesus and his righteousness in which God is well pleased. Because we are in Christ, 
God sees his adopted children in faith. As God's children, we have humility, compassion, and gentleness because these virtues and fruits and others are the natural and axiomatic result of having God's Holy Spirit indwelling our hearts and minds. So, in conclusion, what we see is that the change to become like little children in order to enter the kingdom of heaven to which Jesus is referring is not an instruction to simply use our natural human strength, merits, abilities, or intellect to follow Jesus' example. Instead, Jesus' reference to change is about the regeneration which takes place in the heart of man when God, by his grace, calls any person who is separated from God by our sin to repentance. The change occurs only as a result of God's Holy Spirit indwelling the believer and transforming us by God's power to the newness of life wherein Christ's works in and through us to conform us to the image of Christ, which he gets us is suggesting that we merely copy by our own finite efforts. For the time being, this concludes this episode. Now, if you have any questions about God, the Bible, or the Christian faith, I encourage you to send me an email at pastor underscore Yeshua at yahoo.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R underscore Y-E-S-H-U-A at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. It's my fault.